Happy Easter, and thank you for your steadfast dedication to our Lord Jesus Christ. In this celebration of our Lord's resurrection, Pastor Lau and Pastor Da would like to welcome you to the following Easter message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's teaching that will change your life with love, joy, and peace in Jesus. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have you as our God. We thank you, Father, that you still work in our life. You hold the key, Jesus. We don't want to do the same thing as Peter did two thousand years ago. We don't want to deny you in our daily life. We want to be your ambassador. We want to be, Father, your. Representative on earth here, to shine the glory of God at our workplace, in our family, everywhere we go, Father, we want to represent Jesus Christ, and we thank you, Lord. Whenever we face troubles, we can come to you, because in the name of Jesus Christ, we can have victory. We can rule and reign in this life. Because you ordain us to be kings and priests through Christ Jesus, and we can have victory, because Jesus has overcome death and hell and sin and darkness. Lord, we have victory through Jesus Christ. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! This Sunday is a wonderful Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. God gave us the beautiful weather. Today, I would like to talk about the subject of resurrection. I like to just go to the point. I will not go around the bush, and I want to tell you the news that you can use. I don't want to waste my time, and I don't want to waste your time either. So I'm gonna get to the point about the Easter Sunday. Why billions of people around the world celebrate this Sunday together? Why the man named Jesus, who in the history rose from the dead two thousand years plus ago, caused a traffic jam, caused us to have difficulty finding parking today, caused all these things? Why we come to church on this Sunday? To celebrate his resurrection, there are two questions that I would like to answer. The first question: What does Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday mean to all of us in this century? And number two, the second question: Why does it matter to celebrate the Easter Sunday? And today, I'd like to answer these two questions. First of all, I want to tell you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a real historical story. It's a history. It's not a man-made story. It's not just like a, a story book that somebody wrote and lied to all over the world. It was not only the historical fact. It's also 
very widely known at the time of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem and all the Roman Empire. People knew that a man who claimed to be God, named Jesus Christ, was raised from the dead. If CNN was there at that time, I believe that the CNN would have broadcasted live for at least 50 days because he was walking on earth for 40 days in front of many people. There were altogether more than 15 historical references of Jesus came back to life, touched people, talked to people, ministered to people. He even one morning cooked breakfast for people to eat with him. More than 500 people at one time saw him with their own eyes and he was raised to heaven in front of those eyes in the history. We believe as Christians that Jesus is still alive today. In fact, I was a Buddhist before and two reasons that I gave my life to Jesus. Number one, the definition of love in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When the Bible says God is love, and when I read the definition of love in the Bible, I can see that God must be real. Number two, the second reason, because Jesus was raised from the dead. Because I used to worship the dead God. I used to worship idols who could not do anything for me. But now I serve the living God who still perform miracles today, who still help me today. There are three things or three answers of the first question. What does Christ's resurrection or Easter Sunday mean? Number one, the first answer. What it means is Jesus is who he claimed to be. John chapter 11 verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Why Jesus was walking on earth 2,000 plus years ago, he made a lot of outrageous claims who he was. He claimed that he is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the living God. He was the Messiah whom the Old Testament prophet prophesied. Do you know that there were about more than 300 prophecies about the coming and the life of Jesus and his death and his resurrection? More than 300 prophecies were mentioned in the Old Testament. He claimed to be that person, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He said that when you saw me, you saw the Father. He claimed to be God. And he said that he is the resurrected one. Oh, he claimed all of these things. A lot of people may believe that Jesus is just a good religious leader. He's such a good teacher. Can you imagine when I go out into many cities and teach the Bible and people may like my teaching and they say he's a good teacher. But I turn around and say, oh, by the way, I am God as well. I believe that those who listen to me will not believe anymore that I'm a great teacher. But they will believe that I'm a greatest liar in the whole world. Jesus is either he who he claimed to be, which is he is God, or he is the worst liar in the world because he claimed that he is the living God, he's the savior of the world. But thank God, he validated what he claimed to be. He said that I am the living God, I am the resurrected one, I am the prince of peace, I am the creator of the world, 
And after he was in the tomb for three days, you need to understand at that time, after he died on the cross, one of his disciples wrapped him up and put him in the tomb. The Roman soldier rolled the stone down, not roll on the flat surface, roll down and put the Roman seal on the tomb. Posted the guard day and night, 24-7, with sword and spear, because they heard Jesus claim that he's going to come back to life. They were concerned that somebody going to steal his body. So they have to put all this guard over the tomb. But three days later, he came back to life. The stone was rolled up. He disappeared, and the cloth that wrapped around him just collapsed on the ground. And he was walking on earth, Before a lot of people, for 40 days and 40 nights, he proved, he validated that he was the living God. He is the one whom he claimed to be. And I believe in all my heart that Jesus is the living God because he was raised from the dead. In John chapter 2, verses 14 to 19, this is what he claimed before he was hanged on the cross. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep and dove, and others sitting at tables, exchanging money. In other words, at that time, they changed the temple of God into the marketplace, making money, making benefit. So he made a whip out of courts and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold dove, he said, Get this out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciple remembered that it is written, Seal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, What miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? So the Jews say, How can you prove that you are God who can chase all of us out of the temple? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, his body, and in three days I will raise again. He claimed that he would raise from the dead before he died on the cross. He said that. And he claimed in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What a claim. He did not say that I am a way or one of the ways. He said, I am the only way, the way to God, to heaven. He claimed that he was the only way to God. A lot of people say this way. Oh, there are so many religions. There are so many beliefs and all this belief will lead people to heaven. If you claim that way, it's like saying this way. You can call or die any number and it's going to come to my house. Can you do that? No. You have to die the right number to call Pasalau house. You cannot die any number because you're going to get into the wrong house. The same thing, there is the only way to go to heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ, our God. He said that I am the truth too. He's the truth and the life. And we cannot make contact with God Without Jesus Christ, you may not believe all of these things. You say, oh, Jesus claimed to be God, blah, 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 blah. But do you know that every time you write a check and write the date on the check, 
Every time you put the signature on the contract, you have to write the date down. And every time I write the note in the hospital, we call progress note, or write a prescription, I have to put the date down. And every time I put the date down, March 31st, year 2013, I put the reference that Jesus Christ came into the world 2013 years ago. Jesus came to split the BC from the AD. So every time we write the date into the check or into the note, we are telling the whole world, Jesus came into the world more than 2,000 years ago. The whole world is using his presence on the earth 2,000 years ago as the reference in their writing. Amen? Wonderful. Number two, what does Resurrection Sunday mean? Jesus has the power he claimed to have. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus claimed that all authority, all power has been given to me. He said in John chapter 10, verse 18, No one take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I mean, take his life from him. I lay it down for my, of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. Jesus said that I have the power to take my life back to earth. I have the power to be resurrected again. I have the power to come out from the tomb. There's no power on earth can keep Jesus in the tomb to today. Jesus has the power to get out of the tomb three days after he died. He said, I have power to take my life back. This is why today we always say, you cannot keep a good man down. Because he has the power. Amen? You cannot keep Jesus down. He has the power. Number three. The third answer for what does Resurrection Sunday mean? Jesus does what he promised to do. Mark chapter 10 verse 34. This is the word from his mouth. He said, and they will mock him. He means the son of man or himself. And scorch him and spit on him. He prophesies. He foretold what going to happen to him before he went to the cross and killed him. And on the third day, he will rise again. He prophesied. He foretold. He promised that he will come back again. On the Easter Sunday, Jesus fulfilled his promise. Today, we can put our trust in the promise of God. Three days later, Jesus fulfilled his promise. He came back to life. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 to 8. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, as he said. Everyone say, as he said. As he promised, he promised that he would come back to life in three days. And he did. So God made promise with us. And we can trust the promise of God. So this Easter Sunday, we learn three things about the meaning of Resurrection Sunday. Number one, Jesus was who he claimed to be. 
He is the Son of the Living God. He is the Savior of the world. He is a resurrected one. Two, he has the power that he claimed to have. Number three, he keep the promise that he gave to all of us. Now we're gonna come to the next question: What difference does Resurrection Sunday mean to all of us? Now we're gonna come to practical point. What does it mean to us in year 2013, in this society, in this generation? Because of these three things, he was who he claimed to be. He has the power that he claimed to have. And he also keep his promises. So there are three things that relate to us today in the practical way. Number one, my past mistake have been forgiven. My past sin have been forgiven. Have you ever gone through a project halfway? And in the middle of the project, you say, I wish I could start over again. And this happened to many people's life. We all have made mistakes. We have thought some wrong thoughts. We have said some wrong things. I've said some wrong thing to my wife so many times. And I say, I wish I did not say that. I wish I could start over again. We did so many wrong things. We say many wrong things. We make wrong decisions every single day, every single year. And we say we wish we could start over again. There was one lady who wrote a letter to her pastor. She said this way, I am 31 years old and divorced. Though I fought the divorce bitterly, I feel badly. I have no hope for my future. Often I go home and cry, but there is no one holding me when I cry. Nobody cares. Nothing changes and I continue to fail. I'm stressed out emotionally and I feel I am on the verge of a mental breakdown. Something is very wrong, but I feel so hurt and bitter that I can scarcely react and relate to others anymore. I feel as if I am going to have to sit out the rest of my life in the penalty box. This is what is happening to a lot of people today. They live in regret. They live in guilt and condemnation. They could not move on with life. They are the prisoner of the past mistake, past disappointment, past sin, and past setback. They live in the past. They are the prisoner of the past. And they could not move on into the future. Sometimes when they get into the new relationship, maybe remarry or something, they bring the past into the new relationship and mess up everything again because they're still a prisoner of guilt and resentment and also regret. But I want to say, there's a good news that you don't need to live in the past anymore because Jesus, he claimed to be the Savior and he can forgive your sin. He can wipe out your sin out into the white paper again. He is willing to throw your sin and your past mistake into the bottom of the sea, from the north to the south, from the west to the east, and he remembers your sin no more. As God remembers your sin no more, you should not remember your past sin any longer. Amen? Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. He has forgiven all our sins and canceled every record of the debt we owed. 
Christ has done away with it by nailing it to the cross. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Whenever we sin, we have to pay the price. We are in debt. But Jesus, by dying on the cross, he took our sin, he took the penalty of our sin on the cross with him. And there was an unreasonable exchange. He took the bad stuff out of us and he gave us the good things. He put righteousness on us and he took our sin upon his body. He tore away our debt paper. We don't have to pay that debt anymore. We don't have to pay for our sin any longer. How many of you, when you pay your debt bill, you pay your debt, you have a bill and you pay your debt, how many of you remember your, that bill? I don't remember the bill that I pay off. Thank God. I don't want to remember those bills anymore. When I pay off, oh, I feel relief. Is that right? So Jesus paid the debt for you. He torn the debt paper for you because he put that on his body on the cross. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Jesus came into the world to wipe it out. He did not come to rub it in, but he came to rub it off. He was hanged on the cross so that we don't have to hang ourselves anymore. He was tortured so that we can have a new life and abundant life. He died on the cross so that we can have life. By his stripe, we were healed. He became poor on the cross so that we might be rich through Christ Jesus. He was rejected on the cross so that we can be accepted by the Father. There was a wonderful, unreasonable exchange that happened on the cross 2,000 years ago. We don't need to live in condemnation anymore. Amen? I remember when I accepted Jesus Christ 30 plus years ago. At that moment, I feel that the burden in my shoulder was lifted up because I was a sinful man. I was so prideful, very manipulative. I was so uh, cunning and I was not a good man. So I know from the Buddhist background, I have to pay for all those sins. But thank God, after I accepted Jesus Christ, I know that all of my sins are forgiven and the burden in my shoulder was lifted up and now I know I am free. Thank Jesus that our sins are forgiven. Amen. The second news that you can use today, because Jesus has power that he claimed to have. So the second thing that matters to us today is that our current problems can be managed and can be overcome. We can overcome the problem today. Amen? How many people agree with me that there's so many things in life that are unmanageable? You know, one of the signs of maturity, I tell you, one of the signs of maturity is to realize that we cannot figure everything out. One of the signs of maturity is to accept that there's so many things in our life that we cannot handle. You know, young kids, people who are not mature, would think that, oh, I know everything. Mom, you don't need to tell me. I know everything. I can manage everything. But when you grow up more, you become more adult, more mature, you find out, that I cannot figure many things out in my life. And I cannot handle many things in my life. 
and that is a sign of maturity. Amen. There is a great Bible teacher. This is what he wrote in one of his comments. This man traveled around the country to give lecture about family. He said, "I used to travel across the country, teaching a lecture I call the Ten Commandments for raising perfect kids." After I and my wife Martha had our first child, I changed it to Ten Hints for Parents. After our second child, we labeled the lecture a few tentative suggestions for fellow strugglers. <laughs> After the arrival of the third child, we gave up speaking on the topic about parenting altogether. It's easy to say that, oh, you can do this, do that in parenting. But after you have the third experience, you find out that it's not easy to be parents. Amen? So that's what happened. There are so many things in our life that is out of our control. There's so many things in our life that we cannot manage. We don't have enough strength to deal with it. Therefore, the number one complaint in this society is that my life is out of control. And I hear this many thousand times. I feel powerless to face with this cancer. I feel so powerless to save this marriage. I feel so powerless to get rid of this debt in my life. I feel so powerless to manage my company, my finances. I am in trouble now. I need help. I feel so in need right now. I don't know everything. But I want to tell you, there is one person that you can count on. And he has more power than you. And he can live in you. And he can give you the power to manage every problem in your life. He can help you to do anything. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And this happened to me so many times in my surgery. I remember one time, there was a 40-year-old lady who went out on the motorcycle and she fell down, broke her skull here on the temporal bone here. In this area, there was an artery called middle meningeal artery. That artery, when you break it because of the fracture, the artery will spurt the blood out and cause big clot in here and the patient will die very soon because the clot will put pressure on the brain stem. So I took her to the operating room right away, opened the skull, tried to save her life because she was at the verge of death. And this is a young woman, healthy, young, 40-year-old woman. When I opened, I took the clot out and suddenly it's like a water tap turned on. The blood come out. I did not have any assistance because it's after midnight. I could not call anyone to help me. I tell you at that point, all the nurse heard my yell. I say, Jesus, help me. This lady is dying right now. She's going to lose two liters of blood and she's going to die. Because I could not control the blood. It just keeps pouring out like mad like this. You know, you can, even with the one suction, you cannot control. You cannot put two suction. You have to only two hands. So you put one suction in to try to fight. I cry now right away. All the nurse get nervous because this is serious, fatal. I cry now to God. And thank God. 
within two minutes, I stopped the bleeding, and she survived normally, come out normal without any deficit. Thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. One time, when I first came to America, after one year, my boss gave me the paper, say you can stay more at University of Washington, but you have zero salary. No money, zero salary at University of Washington. I and my wife cry now to God, God, we cannot survive without salary here. We have one kid, and we need to buy food, buy gasoline. But thank God, we can manage by depending on the power of God. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. A miracle happened because the chief resident that's going to come back from Japan quarreled with my boss on the phone between Japan and America. And they have a big fight on the phone because the chief resident thought that my boss has to depend on him so he can ask for whatever, whatever he wanted. But my boss said, if you want to quit, that's okay. That guy think that the boss is going to beg him to stay. He quit. The position came to me. I got the salary. I became the chief resident. Second year in America, I was the boss of everybody in the University of Washington under my boss. You see, God can save my financial need. He has the power to do anything for us that we need. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 to 20, how incredibly great His power to help those who believe Him. The same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. We don't know what's what going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen next year, next month. But one thing that we can put our trust in, no matter what future holds, we can trust in the power of God who can help us to manage our life every single day. That's wonderful to be a Christian. Because we don't need to depend on our own power. Amen? We can depend on the power of God. We don't manage our life by depending on the psychology book, by the self-help book, but we depend on the power of the resurrection. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. That's number two. The second thing that matters to us today, the news that we can use. The third one. My future can be secured. We talk about the past that has been forgiven. Today, every day, we can manage our life, but the future can be secure. One of the universal, inevitable conditions that we all have to face is the word death. Everyone will die. If you throw a party, I'm going to have jaiyo, sushi, burrito, and all kind of good international food today. You come to my house, and we're going to eat good food today, but the topic that we're going to talk today is about death. I don't think people are going to come, no matter how good food you have in your house. Death is not a popular subject to discuss about, but it's inevitable. But it's interesting. Even though death is unavoidable, but a lot of people live through their life as if they will live here forever. And they'll never prepare their own life today for the future. 
Do you know that after you live in this world 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, then you move to the eternity. And there are two places of eternity, heaven and hell. Are you ready for heaven? Are you ready for heaven? Are you preparing yourself to be in heaven for eternity yet? Actually, the life on earth is like an inch of a yardstick. The life on earth here is like just the first chapter or the preschooling of the master degree diploma. Just the beginning. You're going to live on the other side of eternity longer than this side. Are you ready? Are you preparing for eternity yet? I don't know about you. I'm ready. If I die today, I know I'm ready for eternity. I know I will have a lot of rewards in heaven. Deep inside everybody, we all long to know what's going to happen to us after we die. And I want to tell you right now, there is heaven and hell. Actually, there was one American gynecologist who died. He fell off a balcony and he went to heaven. He saw everything in heaven. He came back. I, I'm sorry, I lost that tape. He recorded in the tape. I moved my house a few times and I lost that tape. He talked in that tape about what he saw in heaven and God sent him back to the earth, resurrected from death, and he shared about what he saw in heaven. And this is a doctor. And there's another neurosurgeon, I think in Howard University, in the East Coast, just wrote a new book. He died. He became coma. And he died. This is a neurosurgeon, very famous professor at one very prestigious university on the East Coast. And he came back to life and he explained about what he saw in heaven. Heaven is real. But a lot of people have a misconception about heaven because they watch too much movie in the theater. What is heaven? Heaven is a perfect place. There's no demon, no sickness, no evil, no sadness, no cry, no hospital, no chiropractor, no neurosurgeon anymore. Nothing bad in heaven. All perfect. Perfect love, perfect peace because the perfect God is there. Number two, only those who are perfect can go to heaven. Only those who are perfect because heaven is perfect. So there are only two ways that you can go to heaven. The first way, you have to be perfect from the time you were born to the time you die. That you never make mistakes, you never lie, you never have bad attitudes, you never cheat other people, you never yell at your parents, you never gossip about anybody, you never do anything wrong in your life, period, for the rest of your, all from the time of birth to the time you die. Unfortunately, we all do not qualify for that part. Plan A is not going to work. I am not qualified to go to heaven by being perfect. If you know me long enough, I'm not perfect. But God gave us plan B. What is plan B? Plan B is that somebody who is perfect, his name is Jesus. He is perfect. When he was on earth, he never sinned even one time. He is a perfect God and perfect man. And he died on the cross to purchase or to buy or to pay for our sin. And when we have relationship with him and repent of our sin, we have the right to go to heaven. He took our sin away and put righteousness on us. When we become a believer, God looks at us not as sinner anymore. He looks at us as the saint. We call the saint or the righteous people because the righteousness of God come upon us. When we have relationship 
with God. You know, when you go to the door of heaven, when you die, and you knock the door, the only reason you can get in there is that you say, "I am a friend of Jesus Christ." One man took his young son to a carnival for the birthday celebration. The son brought five kids, five friends with him. So the father had to buy a big roll of ticket for each ride in the carnival. And every time they arrive one ride, the father will tear off the ticket and give to each boy six tickets. But at one point, when they walk to another ride, he tear off six tickets, and suddenly the seven boys standing there. His name is Tom. The father look at him. Who are you? And he say, My name is Tom. I am a new friend of your son. Just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Now I believe that your son want me to go on the ride with him. The father turned to his son Johnny. Johnny, is it true that this is your friend, Tom? Yes. So the father will not deny to tear another ticket to Tom. The same thing, you may accept Christ today, and you leave this world. When you get to heaven, God will say, "Are you the friend of Jesus, my son?" You say, "Yes, I have relationship with your son Jesus Christ." And the Father will say, "Come in, come in, and have joy and have eternal life in heaven because you have relationship with my son Jesus Christ." John chapter 17 verse 3, the Bible say, "There is the way to have eternal life by knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one who sent to the earth. The only way to go to heaven is to know Jesus Christ, have a relationship with Jesus. Christianity is not a religion. Many people think that they can go to heaven by having sincerity. I tell you right now." You can be so sincere. I give you example. You pick up a glass of water and you sincerely believe that the water in there is okay, and you drink, but it was poisonous, and you die. You sincerely drink the water that will kill you. You can be sincerely wrong. Sincerity is not enough for you to go to heaven. Some people say that I can go to heaven by service, by doing a lot of good stuff. But I want to tell you right now, God say, your righteous deeds are the filthy rags in the eyes of God. Your good action compared to the perfection of God is like a filthy rags. You may say that I can go to heaven by subtraction, by stop smoking, stop watching pornography, stop lying. Then people who get the anesthesia and become sleeping and do nothing will go to heaven. No. You cannot just kill person and do nothing, and they will go to heaven. Subtraction will not help you to go to heaven. Some of you say, "I can go to heaven by ritual, by being water baptized, by being a member of the church, dressing religiously." So it means that if you live in the chicken house, you're going to be a chick, or you were born in the car, are you going to be a spare tire of that car? No, you need to make a decision. To believe and have relationship with Jesus Christ, Amen. Some people say that I can go to heaven by comparison. I'm better than Pastor Lau. I'm much better than him. Yes, I agree. You're much better than me. 
I don't want to argue. But your goodness compared to God's perfection, you cannot go there. You're not perfect enough to go to heaven. Therefore, the only way you can go to heaven is to believe in the promise of God. God keep His promise. He said that if you repent of your sin, you welcome Jesus Christ into your life, then you can have the hope of having future. Your future will be secure. It means after you leave this world, for sure and for sure and for sure, you're going to be in heaven to live for eternity in heaven with the Lord. Amen? How many people want to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. How many people say, I don't want to live in guilt and regret anymore? Lift your hand up. How many people say, I want that power that I can manage my life every single day? Raise your hand up. Amen. This is the news that I want to tell you right now. Three things, but you need to act on it. You need to accept this gift from God. 30 plus years ago, I heard this news. The news that I can use. I did not believe in God. But after I think about this over, I decided to believe in God. God showed me that if the iPhone was made by somebody and the iPhone is so complicated, as a neurosurgeon, I studied neuroanatomy and neurophysiology. I know that human beings are so complicated, much more than iPhone. How come the iPhone was made by somebody but I came out of the explosion of the Big Bang Theory. Actually, not theory, hypothesis. You know theory mean. Theory mean something has been proven scientifically already. Big Bang hypothesis has never been proven. Amen? Evolution is not a theory. Evolution is a hypothesis. So far in the past, thousands of years, no one has proven even one time that monkey become a man. It's a hypothesis. But we have so many proof in the Bible as a scientist that God is real. Historical proof, prophetic proof, miracles after miracles in life. God is so real. I need to choose God. I gave my life to God. 30 years ago. And since then, all these three things that I mentioned about have been in my life. I know that my sins are forgiven. I can handle everything in my life by the power of resurrection. And number three, I'm not afraid of death anymore. Because after I die, I know I'm going to have a big mansion in heaven. Big, big mansion. And oh, by the way, that gynecologist that came back to life, he mentioned this. He walked into his house in heaven and he was shocked. He was shocked because he said, how come this house looks exactly everything I like on earth? The architecture. And Jesus said to him, I know your heart, what you like, what your house looks like. So I built custom home for you to be the way you like. So that day, I'm going to live in my custom home in heaven for eternity. Amen. I don't know what you like, but I know what I like. So I'm going to be in heaven for eternity in my custom home. Amen. <laughs> this is the good news. Resurrection Sunday is the good news. God is real and he proved that he is real 
by coming back to life in the history, historical event that Jesus is the Son of the Living God. I used to read a history book of the nation of Israel one time in Thailand. That is not a Christian book, just history of nation of Israel. And one of the page say, I read with my own eyes, there was a man named Jesus. He claimed to be the Son of God, and on the third day. He came back to life. Even the non-believers who wrote the history of Israel claimed that there was a man named Jesus who came back to life. He is the Son of the Living God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you may not be sure right now that after you leave this world, you're gonna be in heaven. I want to encourage you today to receive Jesus into your life. Some of you have walked away from God for so many years. You have not gone to church. You have not served God for many years. God say in the book of Isaiah 54 verse 7, He say, with deep love, I will welcome you back. Today, God wants to welcome you back. Come back to God. Amen. Some of you may live in guilt and regret right now because of your past mistake. God say, I want you to be free from the past mistake. I want you to be, come out from the prisoner of guilt and also regret. I want to give you a new life. Some of you, you feel that my life is out of control now. I cannot handle this anymore. The debt is so high. Problem with my kids. My kids don't listen to me. A lot of problem. I want to tell you right now, God is ready to help you with the power of resurrection. Some of you may be afraid of death because you're getting older now and you don't know how long you're going to live. Even a young person can die anytime. You don't know if you have tomorrow or not, but you can make a decision today that I want my future to be secure. Therefore, today, I'm going to receive this God, the God named Jesus Christ, who validated what he claimed to be, who proved that he has the power that he has to help us. And he wants to secure your future that you will live for eternity in heaven. Receive Jesus. He say in the Bible, I am knocking at the door. Whoever opened the door of his life, I will come in. I will die with him. And he will die with me. It's about relationship. I want to encourage all of you to have relationship with Jesus Christ. If you walk away, come back home today. God loved you. If you feel that you know about Jesus long enough, but you never invite Jesus to come into your life, do today. Do it today. Amen? How many people want to do that? Raise your hand up. Say, God, I want Jesus to be in my life. Raise your hand. Wave your hand. Say, God, I want all of these things that the Bible talks about. Why don't you pray with me? Close your eyes and pray with me. Father in heaven, you created me. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin and give me power that I can handle situations in my life. Thank you, Lord, that I can also have eternal life in heaven. Today, I come back home. Jesus, Come into my life. Be my God. 
my Savior. Jesus, thank you so much that you were not in the tomb any longer. You are the living God. From today on, I will have a relationship with you. I will get to know you more. I will go to church, read the Bible, serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Congratulations. Let's give the hand to people who accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. I would like to pray for you. Can you please stand up and let's pray. Believe God together. God is the living God. He is a good God. And He can meet all of your needs. He's a miracle working God. There's nothing too hard for God. All things are possible with God. And I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of claiming the name of Jesus Christ in faith. So I'd like to pray for you right now. Whatever need you have in your life, God knows your need. I don't know, but God knows your need. Maybe a job, maybe deliverance, maybe healing, maybe family issues, maybe get rid of the debt in your life, whatever. Let us believe together this Resurrection Sunday of year 2013 that the Lord will show the power of resurrection to you. Your life will turn around. Things are going to get better. You're going to begin to walk in victory. Amen. Lift our hand up to the Lord and believe God together. Father in heaven, you are the almighty God. You're the good God. We can approach you. Your throne of grace through the blood of Jesus Christ. You say in the Bible, Lord, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall open. Today I ask. I seek and I knock. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, meet my needs. Heal my body. Bless me financially. Bless my families. Help me, Lord, to manage my life. Take away my guilt. Take away my regret. Set me free from being a prisoner of the past. Give me the confidence of salvation, of eternal life. From today on, I will walk into the newness of life, into the victory, because Jesus is alive. He showed me victory. He was raised from the dead. In the wonderful name, of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We hope this message has brought you joy and peace this Easter celebration. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. 
You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. Happy Easter. The Lord gave us Jesus Christ. I'm going to praise His name till the stars fall from the sky.